Welcome to the Fantasy Doctors. This is our NFL podcast, episode number three. I'm your host, Dr. Seelan Parekh, here with Dr. Jesse Morse. Uh, we're here every week breaking down the injuries, and in the preseason, we are here breaking down the expectations of what is going to happen this season. How are you doing, Jesse, down in Florida? I am doing wonderful. It's beautiful here. I'm excited for some football. We're ready to rock and roll. Yeah, I know. Another uh, exciting week of injuries for us. Not exciting for the fantasy owners and not exciting for the, the teams or the athletes themselves. I hope you haven't drafted yet. I haven't. Hopefully you haven't either. <laughs> it's not smart to draft in early August because of this. Absolutely. This is, I, I keep telling my buddies they wanted to draft early in, this, in August because everybody was around. And I'm like, it's useless. Let's wait till yeah. the last week and then let's draft then. Yep. So, Definitely, 100%. Well, today's topic is wide receivers. You know, we've done quarterbacks, we've done running backs. The next important thing is, is wide receivers. And uh, to me, there's so much to talk about. We've only got a little bit of time, uh, as we always do every week. But we're going to hit the top things. And I'm going to have you kind of uh, open up with, uh, with Odell Beckham. Let's talk about OBJ and the Giants. Um, you know, he had that fractured fibula. He had it surgically repaired, was done last season. And then he's got a history in the background of all this for high ankle sprain, something that's kind of nagged him over the last one and a half to two seasons. What are you thinking about OBJ coming into a very critical year from him, for him from a contract perspective? Yeah, so, I mean, here's the thing with OBJ. As talented as he is, and there's no doubt about that, I don't think there's a question at all. I think it comes down to how big of an injury risk is he for where you're drafting him and where the, what the Giants expect out of him. I think there's going to be positive regression for Eli and the entire Giants. The thing I'm concerned about most, and I want your thoughts as a foot and ankle guy, is his fibula fracture and history of high ankle sprain. What, how much is that he at risk for re-injuring it this year on some stupid, simple trip-up play, land on a player's foot, or jump, something like that, that you, you know is going to happen. It's just inevitable. Yeah, I mean, that is inevitable, and you're exactly right. And for a guy who's got a history of ankle issues, you get concerned. My bigger um, – I am not as concerned with this ankle because, number one, he's got hardware in there, right? So now it's harder to break again. So that's a good thing for him. Secondly, he's gone through months and months of high-intensity rehabilitation. If you watch some of the videos, the way he was cutting, the way he's sprinting, the way he's running, he actually looks pretty fresh on this ankle. So I'm not so worried about this ankle. It's the other ankle to me that's a little bit concerning. Um, but this ankle itself, I'm sure they've, they've really worked on, on the mechanics of it. They've worked on what we call proprioception, the nerves picking up when the ankle's going to give out so it won't give out. And so for me, I'm actually pretty – uh, expecting quite a bit out of him this season, although you got to balance that out with Saquon Barkley joining them and, and the balance between Barkley and, and OBJ. Oh, yeah, and, and we'll talk about another guy in a little bit, uh, Sterling Shepard, that I'm also pretty high on. I actually think the, the Giants have a potential to be kind of sneaky this year uh, with Barkley opening up some running lanes uh, and keeping the defense uh, honest. You have Ingram, you have OBJ, you have Shepard. I mean, basically they lost almost all their pass catchers last year when Odell went out, Brandon Marshall went out, Tavares King went out with a concussion, Sterling Shepard was in the lineup in and out. So you had basically a rookie tight end in Ingram 
a couple of really no-name wide receivers, and the running backs weren't really anything to write home about. So now you have uh, this impressive arsenal. So I think he's definitely top five potential wide receiver. For me, it kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth, so I personally won't reach for him, but the talent's there. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, the talent's there. And actually from an FDX score, he's only at a good value for us because of his history and his FDVX score, his value-based score is very good. So I think I agree with you. I think he's a bit of a reach for me as well. And I'm not going to go there, but uh, he's an interesting player to watch. Um, oh yeah. Alan Robinson, torn ACL. What are you thinking? So I really liked Robinson going into last year. I mean, Bortles was what he was, but I still think he's, he's kind of a sneaky number two, but he was kind of drafted as a number three. And then all of a sudden, you know, he tears his ACL and A, there goes his season and B, the offense didn't really have any solid, solid wide receivers to make up for him. So obviously they relied on Fournette. Now, Robinson ended up obviously not re-signing, and he went to the Bears. So I think the Bears actually could have a decent, decent offense, especially with Nagy there um, coming from the Chiefs, I believe the Chiefs. Um, and, and, and now, from a health perspective, I mean, I, I've recorded my podcast about this, um, saying you know there's a, about a 33% chance that there's a decline. But the good news is that he's pretty young. Yeah. So, you know, that decline is usually in their late 20s, early 30s, guys. Um, but I think he, as long as you can get him as a wide receiver two, he may have wide receiver one upside, depending on how Trubisky does, and he can increase his, his touchdown ratio uh, for this year. I know we, we know they use Burton more um, than uh, than he was using Sheehan last year. Yeah, you know, I think that he could be a solid two. I, I always worry about the ACL. We know that after an ACL, you do see a drop in production at least your first year. So. Um, I think a, a solid two is probably where he's going to be. Who knows what this, the following season, next season will be after he's got a little bit more time to bounce back from this ACL. And the same is true for Meredith and Edelman. And Edelman actually went on record early this week saying that he's frustrated with how slow the ACL is coming along. But you know what? I mean, you and I know this. This takes time. And unfortunately, you've got guys like Adrian Peterson who smash timelines and suddenly the expectation is, hey, six months, an ACL tear, you need to get back. But you and I know that that is not the reality of what we see. It's nine to 11 months. And if it's complicated by an associated LCL, MCL, or meniscus, it could be even longer. And that's what Carson Wentz is dealing with. Exactly. And that's why I'm concerned about Carson Wentz. And, and, and we'll talk about Jeffrey in a minute, too. I mean, these ACLs, they're never the same. Even as good as the technology we have, as good as the graft, you know, choice you use, it's just not the same and guys don't trust it. Uh, and, and it's the nature of football. You have these random kind of jutes and jokes trying to avoid tackling. And it's that random uh, non-contact injury that that's why it happens. That's why it scares us. And then you have throwing the field conditions and throwing age and it's just, it's a bad combo. I mean, uh, I really like Meredith this year. I think he's a sneaky number three, especially on that offense. Uh, you know, Breeze loves to, to sling the ball. Um, Edelman, I'm a little concerned about, obviously, a Patriots fan, uh, but he's no older. I, 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 I couldn't figure that one out. Yeah, I know. I just happen to have the office <laughs> stuff on tonight. 
But um, and they're playing. I haven't been able to turn it on because the TV's in the other room. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely more concerned about Edelman than the other two. Yeah. What What are your thoughts on Edelman? Well, I, I, like I said, I'm not so concerned about him yet. I think that this is par for the course, and I think we just got to give him time. And the expectation, you know, the Patriots always expectation is you guys you guys have to get out there, you got to perform, and there's this pressure to perform and the pressure to deliver. And Edelman embodies that, and and this guy expects a lot out of himself. And unfortunately, you can't rush an ACL. You've got to give it its time. You've got to get that agility back. You've got to get the quickness back, and you've got to get speed back. And that only takes time and rehabilitation. So um, let's talk about Randall Cobb because he's an interesting individual. You know, this ankle surgery kind of snuck up on us in the beginning of the summer where they took out a a piece of cartilage. and, And to me, reading between the lines, that means he has a loose body in that ankle that they took out. The bigger problem is, and question in my mind is, where did that come from? And is it a break off of a, a bone spur, which you often see in athletes? And if so, that's not a big deal. But if it's truly a break off of part of the joint, a, a cartilage piece, now can have a bigger impact on his performance and his long-term health in the NFL. So last week, I think week, week and a half ago, he was complaining of some ankle stiffness and they slowed him down. That's anticipated after this kind of surgery by September, I think he should be fine, and those kinks should be worked out. But I still think that he's going to be a high performer for this year. Yeah, I mean, this is your bread and butter. I mean, they, you know, fans can watch you do you know, surgeries on, on ankles on YouTube if they want to. I mean, so you obviously know more about it than me. But in terms of the ankle, I'm – obviously a little disappointed that a we found out about it a lot later and then b he's already re-injured it but at the same time i think i think he'll be okay um hopefully rogers can still use him as a, as a number two um adams is a beast and i don't think he's going to overcome that i think um we really don't know who's going to be number three whether it's allison or or uh, Marquez, uh, the kid from USF, who I watched last year. Um, but I think Cobb will secure himself as the number two, and he's surprisingly reliable. He's kind of sneaky. He's underrated. You don't really think about it. Uh, but we'll see how this, how big of a deal this cartilage is going to be for him. Um, I don't think it's going to be that much. Yeah, I don't think so either. So we, we touched upon Wentz, but more importantly, since we're talking about wide receivers, Alshon Jeffrey. You know, yeah. suddenly conversation comes up this week. Is he going to miss some games? When will he be ready? You know Rotator Cuffs. You've seen these guys. What do you think? Yeah, so Rotator Cuffs in general, uh, fans, they, they, they suck at healing straight up. Uh, the shoulder is not a good healer, and even if you're 20 or if you're 50. It just it doesn't heal well. So whenever you have a Rotator Cuff injury – especially requiring surgery, that means you had a significant tear with what we call sometimes retraction. So the muscles actually away from where it started, that takes a long time to heal and not just six, seven, eight months. Sometimes it's a year. Uh, This is a different injury than Andrew Luck dealt with, which is a different part of the shoulder, but uh, regular rotator cuffs that don't require surgery take a long time to heal. So I'm concerned about Jeffrey um, and, and he wasn't the most reliable receiver on the uh, on the Eagles last year I mean he's the biggest name guy but Aguilar was a much uh, better option uh, 
more reliable option than, than him. And now we're talking about having likely full start the year, even though he did well in the playoffs. I think uh, Wentz is a, a much better talented, much more talented guy. So I'm definitely concerned about Jeffrey. And I, I personally, I'm avoiding him just because uh, you're going to have to reach for him to get him where he is. And I'm not touching him. Yeah, I think there's too many concerns around Jeffrey. I think, you know, it all depends on the size of the tear, which we don't know. And if you have a very small tear that can come back in six months, which would put him right in the August, September timeline. But if it takes nine months, which is often the case or more, you're looking at late October, November, or maybe not at all. And so I agree. I think it's a very high risk to take him. And in my, my, my draft board, he's not even on there. Yeah, this kind of reminds me of luck a little bit last year from a, from a, oh, I think he'll be okay. And then you don't hear anything is, oh, he might not wake week one. And then, you know, maybe we'll see next week or the week after. Oh yeah, he's not going to make, and then he's got, then he's on the pop. And we're like, wait a minute, now now, now he's already out six weeks. So you basically cancel half the season. Well, so. And and to our fans out there, if you listened to Jesse and I last season, we told you, watch yourself, don't touch him. We were on it like we always are, Jesse. And so, um, you know, we do this in and out every day. So we've seen these things. We know how it plays out. We're not 100%, but we've got really good insight. And to talk about insight, uh, our fans coming next week, we are launching FantasyDose.com. It's the analytics part of the Fantasy Doctors. And we will be launching what's called the FDX score and the FDVX score. The FDX is your health score, like your FICO score for your financial health. If the VX score is your value-based score, it's the value your player brings to the table every single week. And then we'll have our durability scale, which is the likelihood that these guys will make it through the entire season without an injury. So lots of interesting analytics, um, as well as our expected points each week. Um, yeah. Performed phenomenally last season with machine learning and artificial intelligence. We're expecting more this season, so make sure to check it out. FantasyDose.com, we will be launching next week. I used it a lot. I know, Jesse, you did as well. Oh, yeah. um, I think it's, it's critical to have in your, in your wheel uh, of, of, of bag of tools for oh, yeah. drafting and even managing your team. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the, 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 just the FTX score itself gives you an idea, you know, Yes, I might be high on someone, but what does the data say? What what does an unbiased opinion say? If someone just really likes a guy and you can't see through uh, the the thick of it, and like, why is the the, the computer so off on this guy? Is it a weather thing? Is it uh, you know a backup guy in another position that's factoring in? Is it a defensive scheming thing? Uh, you know, what, what is it? Is it did yeah. this guy not do well versus this defense in the past? Um, there's so many different factors. And then from a value perspective, it's, it's more kind of tailored to uh, DFS, where this specifically algo is, is tailored to DraftKings, at least right now. FanDuel has it. We haven't really got an algo for FanDuel yet. But um, it will give you an idea, like, this player's salary is this. This is how many points he's projected. What is a better, you know, you always want to find value in your lineup. You don't want to spend five grand on a guy that's only going to score you five points when you can spend two grand and score those same five points or absolutely presume five points. So, and yep. then the durability is, is kind of the most exciting to me because we're talking about here's his collection. It's like literally looking at a past medical history and saying, all right, here's his past medical history. Here's how I think he's going to be this season. 
and and that, that's crazy. Like that's yeah. bananas. Well, to, to me, me so that's I, the most exciting thing we're launching this season. So we are welcoming people to check it out and also give us feedback um, on Twitter or through email. So we appreciate all the updates. All right, so let's hit one more, and then I'm going to go through your top ten and my top ten. Antonio Brown has this issue. First, it was a quad, then maybe a hamstring, maybe a groin. And so it's kind of unclear. He was out for a few days, and then he's back. Hamstrings and quads, these strains preseason period. How worried are you around them? And I'm not just talking about Antonio, but in all these guys, the receivers, the running backs, how worried do you get around these strains at this time of the season? So here's the thing. Anybody listening who followed football last year, I'm going to say a player's name, and you're instantly going to get – a bad taste in your mouth because of the potential for a monster season and then got destroyed because of a hamstring injury, Corey Davis. So everybody was super excited about this kid, tons of talent. The guy missed half the season basically because of a hamstring that basically happened initially in preseason. And then he re-injured it in, I don't know, I have the paper here, but it's probably four or five weeks in. And then he was never the same. He really didn't do much the whole season. Um, So they can, Preseason injuries are serious. Uh, you know, Antonio's dealing with a groin or a quad, and they won't really give us a straight answer. But as much – as talented as he is, you hope he's okay, but I don't know. Uh, now you've got Big Ben who's dealing with a concussion. and So, uh, I don't know. I, he's the number one wide receiver talent-wise, but I don't know. The injury makes it a little less clear. Yeah, I agree. I think talent-wise, clearly he's number one. But if the Steelers, in my mind, push him through playing preseason game this week, next week, or even the fourth game, I get a little bit more concerned specifically for what you said, the chance of re-injury. And even in those first few games of the season, when everybody's really jacked up and amped up and the ground's really flowing, it's hotter during this time of the year, and dehydration sets in, Mm -hmm. and you're not at your optimal health in terms of of endurance – and so you yeah. get fatigue. It is the perfect storm of a re-injury for, for a re-injury. And so he is obviously one of the top five receivers, if not the number one receiver this coming season, in my opinion. But take caution uh, and, and just continue to watch him as the season goes on. I think once you make it past September, I think you're going to be in the clear. Yeah, I agree. So that. Give me your top ten. All right, so – Assuming Antonio is okay and he's Antonio, he's still my number one. The guy is just a beast. He reminds me of Megatron with, with the talent and, and, and the, the wide receiving options and just the touchdowns to go with it. And even um, at 30 years old, I'll just put in an aside, at 30 years old, I still think he's a beast. And he's oh, been yeah. reliable for the last five to six seasons for fantasy. Oh, yeah. The, so Anto- uh, Antonio's number one. I think it's clear cut. Julio for me is number two. Really? Now I think I think Julio is his regression to the mean for touchdowns. I mean this guy was peppered with targets in the red zone. He just couldn't he couldn't seal the deal. I mean he's he makes the craziest catches. And you're like how did he catch that? And he and his his yards are there. We know the yards are there. He he's talent wise in my opinion he's number one or number two always. But it's just whether or not the touchdowns come. Right. So, so, I mean, 
Hopkins Nuke is number three. The guy is going to be a, a beast again, assuming Watson stays healthy. Um, that team's got a sneaky option, so I think Nuke's number three. Um, I, I, this is going to be a high for most people, or maybe not. Stefan Diggs, number four. I am ridiculously high on Stefan Diggs. Yeah, I see that, man. You're, you're higher even than a lot of the pundits and even oh, yeah. myself. So Yeah, I, I'm, I had Diggs on most of my teams last year, and he went bananas. As much as Thielen went crazy, this kid has got ridiculous talent. I mean, he made a catch in, in preseason last week that was incredible. Well, so you know, with your cousins, he's got a better QB, yeah. hopefully, to throw to him. Yeah, so – I think Diggs could be just could be on a rocket ship straight up. All right. Uh, but I'm afraid of drafting me in the first round. That would be a little, maybe a little too aggressive. Uh, five is Keenan Allen. Um, I love Keenan Allen. He's been overliable as long as the knee stays healthy. You know, him, uh, Rivers in his crazy throwing motion. But uh, <laughs> as long as, and he, they are a passing offense. And I don't care as much as Gordon gets the rock. I just feel that Allen is just a catch monster and he'll throw up a game with 15 catches and 200 yards or something crazy like that, you know. So he's number five for me. Michael right. Thomas, you know, Michael Thomas was a very, very solid last year. Um, I think they'll use him again this year, and he's a solid number six. Um, Devontae Adams will be Rodgers' number one wide receiver. Rodgers usually, when he's healthy, can sustain two top – 15 to 20 wide receivers in a season. We know that uh, Grandpa Jordy is gone, so I think it'll be uh, at least Adams and, um, you know, probably either Cobb or a combination between Cobb and, and Allison, or maybe he finally starts hitting a tight end in, in Jimmy Graham this year. We don't know. But, you know, I think Adams is, is a lock for a top yeah, 10 think. at least. Um, Golden Tate, kind of uh, an underrated surprising guy uh, a lot of people love Marvin Jones rightfully so I think Golden Tate is equally as is um, as sneaky and reliable um, Amari Cooper who frustrates me like crazy but he, he always gets a lot of guys I'm surprised he's making your list yeah he frustrates me like crazy but I think uh, I think they'll find ways for him this year I think Carr will is healthier he's picking up the playbook it sounds like and I think that uh, Cooper will will finally show up this year in a big way and then rounding out the top 10 is one of the guys you've met a couple times good old reliable Larry Fitzgerald Larry's a great guy I, I, I wish him an amazing season well Larry didn't yeah. make my list so but I, I do love Larry all right understand all right so my top 10 uh, Brown, number one, I think, again, if he stays healthy, I think he's a great number one. I did do Julio uh, as number two, so we're pretty much there. Uh, Hopkins is three for me, and then OBJ is four. Um, and I do think that as long as he stays healthy, OBJ is going to break the top five. Uh, Devontae Adams is, is number five for me, and same thing, just like you said. I think he's going to be the primary focus uh, Rodgers loves his wide receivers, and I think that Devontae Adams is going to get a lot of love from Rodgers this season. Thomas is six. Allen is seven, so he's up there for me. I think um, you'd agree that he should have a, a good year, and, and like you said. Uh, Green is eight for me. Hilton is nine. If Luck can stay healthy, I think Hilton has a big year. It's all, it all goes where Luck goes. Um, yep. And having said that, and I touched upon this last week, I do think – I went back and I watched the video of Luck 
during last week's game. If you watch him carefully, and you and I have the eye for it because we see this thing, but you'll see his mechanics of his shoulder are a little bit off. He is not throwing through his shoulder as he should. So keep an eye out on this. So although I have him in my top 10, it's all dependent on which way luck goes on this. Mm -hmm. um, and then number 10 is Diggs. So Diggs popped into my top 10. If I had to put 11, it would be Larry. That's where Larry would, would sit for me. Yep. Yeah, I have Green at 11. I get a bad taste in my mouth with OBJ. It's, I just feel he's, he's a really high injury risk. I don't know why. Um, so he's much lower on my list because he's really dependent on that ankle. Yeah. Um, Baldwin, if Baldwin's knee is okay, he's definitely in the – he could be lurking. You yes. know, uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, we'll see what happens to Tyreek Hill. I mean, what is he going to do? What can Mahomes do this year? He doesn't have, uh, you know, the, the game regulator in uh, Alex Smith throwing to him. Um, well, even Pierre Coach, Garcon, I think, is a possible good number two or three yeah. as well. So, yeah. I mean, there's lots of talent here to go through. Um, oh, yeah. I think it's going to be an, a very interesting year uh, to see how these guys go. Any other guys you want to touch on before we wrap up? Very briefly, I was speaking with the, uh, the hand surgeon in my office today, and I, was, I asked specifically about the finger injuries from Devontae Parker and Penny indirectly. So I'd ha I don't know exactly which finger uh, Parker's was. I know which fingers Penny's was. So if Parker's fingers, if it was one of the two fingers and he broke it distally, he said even though he'll be okay in four weeks, catching a pass at 50, 60, 70 miles an hour is really going to hurt. Yes, they can put a block in there, but then he can't feel it. So then – so don't be surprised if this guy struggles coming out of the gate. And, he, you know, so, I mean, I'm, we're, I'm down on Parker as it is. But Penny may be much of the same as well. So I'll, I'll add that in there. Um, uh, prior – he's so far down the list, I don't even really worry about him. Uh, Marquise Lee, I think, will be okay. Um, and, and that's kind of where we're at. We pretty much covered everybody. Corey Davis, I'm concerned about his hamstring, but he has the potential to break out this year. Yeah. Well, you know, again, I think it's going to be an exciting year for the receivers. Obviously, as you and I always say, the injury predicts everything. It, mm -hmm. one, these guys are all one injury away from being done from a fantasy perspective, but even yep. from their season perspective. Yep. So. Thank you all for listening. If you liked our, our uh, podcast, give us a thumbs up. Also, subscribe to the podcast. If you ever have any questions, Jesse, myself, and our whole team at thefantasydoctors.com, always uh, answer your questions on Twitter at thefantasydrs. You can also check us out on our website at www.thefantasydoctors.com. And like we told you, our analytics site opens this week on thefantasydose.com. You don't want to miss it. We'll be oh, yeah. pushing out a lot of stuff on social media for it. Until next week, it's Dr. Parekh and Dr. Morris. We will see you next week with more insight. Take care, guys.